The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Well, I'm happy about that. Anyway, it's a Monday. Are you you excited about a new week? I'm listening to the rock band, that's all. Oh, yeah. These guys, they're badass rock bands. For, for a guy like me to have a badass rock band like that, open up for him in the morning. Hey, that's pretty badass for a guy like me. Good morning, folks. It is Monday, June 19th, 2023, uh, otherwise known as Juneteenth. And uh, I did not realize, shame on me, just shame on me all over. Uh, that this was a three-day weekend and a lot of people had off today. I might have taken off had I known that everybody else would be off. I mean, it's only right, right? Very eventful weekend. Um, I am sorry, really sorry that I missed the green room thing. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was on a gig till 11 o'clock my time. It started at 10 p.m. my time. And there was no way I could be on the gig, especially in the last hour, kind of have my phone on and watching a live stream green room thing. I'm hoping at some point it will be available on demand. I heard rumors that it's going to be included with the documentary about Andy's thing. Uh, Really disappointed, though, that I didn't see that. I hope everybody had a good time. One of the things that's surprising, and it doesn't seem like aristocrats is that old that this could possibly be true the baby that doug stanhope was telling uh the aristocrats joke to in the movie was is all grown up and was at the green room thing now how is that possible how is that possible was it that long ago it seemed like only 10 years ago nobody becomes goes from baby to adult in 10 years anyway um So I'm disappointed in that. It was a pretty eventful weekend on the gig. uh, I did check my phone a couple of times at the Twitter stuff. And uh, delighted to see Joe Rogan had finally uh, 
come out from behind the curtain on Twitter to actually address somebody. Um, not that I ever agree with Roman on just about anything anymore, but good to see him out um, causing trouble. That, that was kind of exciting uh, stuff to see a uh, Twitter war between Joe Rogan and Dr. Hotez. Um, and it's still going on, and it's caused a uh, earthquake or tsunami of tweets on Twitter. Everybody's talking about this. I might address this. I'm almost definitely will in the first hour here uh, because Ruthie Ferreira will be my guest at 10.15 today. But until then, I have uh, that much time to kill, so I probably will be addressing uh, the Rogan uh, Hotez uh, insanity. Um, also, uh, did a little <clears throat> deep dive into uh, some past stuff with Bill Burr this weekend. I don't want to talk about uh, that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, you know, people know about the, the Philly rant forever. He's going to be famous for the Philly rant for the rest of his life, even though he re- he regrets that being part of his legacy and doesn't want to even talk about that or address it. Wants to ignore it like it never happened. Um, and I'm, I'm not, not necessarily going to talk about that, but I'm going to talk about him. And you know, because I've been trying. Obviously, Bill Burr is way too big for this little shindig that I got going on over here. And I would never. I didn't. I wouldn't even approach him to ask him to be on the program. But of course, I would like that, but that would ne- that'll never happen. Um, but I was just thinking about some of the podcasts that he has been on, some of the smaller ones, and how he mistreats people, and uh, just very rude to people, very rude, very uppity, very cocky about his position in the show business world, as if. He's got the celebrity attitude, and I wouldn't expect that from a guy like Bill Burr. Just seeing his comedy, I wouldn't think that he would be such a elitist prick in the show business world. But I think he is. After uh, watching a bunch of um, people who have, you know, Theo Vaughn, before Theo Vaughn started to really kind of up his game a bit, had him on his podcast, and Burr really did not seem to like him at all. It was like wondering why he was there, and all he wanted to do was promote whatever he had coming out at the time, comedy special or whatever, and uh, was really rude to Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn was just trying to be, trying to establish some rapport with the guy and failed, and he claimed he had to go into therapy because of that. Um. And then Ethan, the uh, H3 guy, what's his last name? Ethan, is it Klein? I don't know. Uh, He also had uh, stories about Bill Burr and showed some clips about Bill Burr abusing him on his podcast. He's just trying, again, to establish some rapport and be friendly with the guy and getting beat up over it, getting emotionally beat up on his own podcast over it. Um, I never saw that on television when when Burr was with people like Conan, but I guess at that time, Conan had already established himself as, you know, bigger than Burr 
see that look I just gave the cats over there. What are you doing over there? Cats are trouble, I tell you. They're trouble. Um, so, you know, a little disappointed that Burr is that kind of guy. Because I do, I do think Burr is one of the more um, thoughtful and um, guys worth listening to on some of some of the issue stuff that he talks about, you know, obviously the comedian and you don't put too much stock in what comedians say. And now we'll talk about that with the Rogan stuff, but he's one of the guys who I thought was, you know, I thought he would be a good guy. He seemed like because uh, of his positions on things, he seemed like a guy who might have empathy, even though he plays a, a kind of a prick in his, um, delivery on stage is always angry about stuff but it turns out that's not an act that's who he is i feel bad about that i do i'm still gonna be a fan of his comedy but now i have a whole different frame of reference on the person behind the comedy and i'm not i'm not enjoying it kind of ruined it for me kind of ruined my uh being a fan of bill burr uh, now Andy had I don't I shouldn't bring him up on that it, somebody <laughs> I've already done it so why not Andy had kind of alluded to the fact that Bill could be a, a prick behind backstage to other comedians especially those who were not quite on his level uh, and I I do remember thinking that at the time like oh, that was surprising to me uh, that Burke could be or not could be, but is the cantankerous old geezer before his time, angry and full of himself. That's that's a little disappointing, I have to say. Um, now, <laughs> the other part of that is he says he hates people, and I tend to believe him, but Bob Saget talking about him said, oh, Bill's just a lovely guy who loves people. Um, possibly... Uh, one of them is wrong, and I think it's probably the other guy rather than the, the guy talking about himself. I do think Burr is not exactly a, a guy who likes people. And listen, I, I get that. I'm a bit antisocial myself, but um, I do have a lot of empathy for, for people and uh, never look down on anybody who's, you know, struggling in the world. I don't. I, and I, I'm not saying that makes me a better person than Bill Burr. I just, I'm, it's hard for me to uh, be a fan of somebody who doesn't seem to have a whole lot of empathy. But I will continue to be a fan. And uh, so that's that. Uh, so I just, bottom line of that whole thing is um, disappointing to find out that Burr can be a, a bit of a dick. Anyway, uh, the Rogan thing. Jeez. I'm not even ready to go. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Clearly, clearly a wild imagination conspiracy theorist and also not a very honest person. Not a very honest person. First of all, there's something wrong with his voice. <laughs> He's, he, 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 he always sounds like he's going to cry. Like, I don't know what. 
vaccine and um, cell phone down Wi-Fi. What the fuck is wrong with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that nobody is even... Listen, if that was Joe Biden, we'd be all over it. We're saying, look at that, man. There's something wrong with this guy. There is something wrong with him. And I'll, I'll get to the... Uh, uh, Kozar. Paul Kozar. Um, holy fuck, there's something wrong, wrong with that guy. Nobody's talking about it. But uh, we'll stick on... <laughs> on RFK for a minute. Now, it's not just the vaccine stuff with him. It's Wi-Fi causes cancer. Cell phone towers are uh, messing with your DNA. All that kind of stuff that he says. Patricia Corey was on my uh, my evening program saying those things, and I was pushing back on her. And that's what got me banned from YouTube. Hello, YouTube. You hear me saying that's not good stuff. I'm not passing on information, misinformation. I'm saying that's the kind of crap that she was spreading on my podcast that got me banned. But exactly the same things that um, RFK Jr. was saying on Rogan. But they're allowing Rogan to stay on there. No, No ban for him, no strikes for him. It comes down to money. I guess I don't make YouTube enough money. Obviously, I don't make YouTube enough money, but really inconsistent. And I don't want to make it about me, but, and it's not just about me. It's about everybody who's on my level, uh, which is the, the bottom level of YouTube, <laughs> uh, the very bottom rung of the totem pole. And Rogan obviously is all the way up on the top. He's on the top tier of it looking down. But why is he allowed? to get away with the things that got me banned for a week. Why? It comes. The only possible answer I can come up with is money. If you have a better idea of what it could be other than money, um, let me, clue me in. I'm, I'm definitely open to learning something here today about that stuff. Um, but, uh, and I'm just going to touch on RFK Jr. here, uh, and then maybe later I'll go into the whole um, debate me, bro, attitude stuff. Because, uh, but RFK Jr. There's something wrong with him. He, first of all, he can't answer a, any question without. <gasps> now that body language. I know. I cry a little bit every time I talk, and my that this nobody is concerned about this. If you can't answer a question, how you do? <gasps> I got to take a deep breath and fold my arms in a protective manner before I answer any questions. And then my voice starts to crack like I'm going to cry, even when I'm just talking about the weather. There's something wrong with this dude. Again, if it were Joe Biden, if it were Donald Trump, We'd be all over this shit. We'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? He's a fucking mental case. And fragile. And he's covering something up. He's lying about shit. Otherwise, you don't take a... <gasps> How you doing today? I got to take a deep breath and fold my arms to answer that. This is a problem. So beyond all the content of what they're talking about 
you got to look at uh, the behavior. Now, speaking of behavior, uh, before I get to the Juneteenth thing, because I want to talk about that and what it actually is, um, Representative Paul Kozar, who uh, was implicated in trying to get the uh, Proud Boys to involved in negating the results of the Arizona election. Paul Kozar, in front of Congress two days ago, the words he was saying were crazy enough, but his physical mannerisms looked like a guy who had done meth laced with fentanyl, laced with some weird kind of um, psychedelics or something. His eyebrows were jumping off his head while he stated that every single person in America, this is fucking crazy. Even my wife thinks this is crazy. If my wife thinks it's fucking crazy, it's fucking crazy. She knows crazy. She married it. Uh, He's stating that every single person in America should be deputized to arrest their neighbors, friends, and family if... (laughs) like a bounty hunter, if they suspect that you're Antifa or had any part in coercing the January 6th stuff. Now, that is fucking batshit crazy. That 320 million people, including children, I go like that when I talk about children. That's <laughs> not cool. Uh, <laughs> including children should be deputized to arrest people. Where are you going to fucking put them all? Everybody's arresting everybody. I'm going to arrest you. You're going to arrest me. Well, let's all arrest each other. This was his actual plan, he's saying, in front of Congress, which is batshit crazy enough without the manner. Now, you can't see what I'm doing on the radio there, but um, basically twitching out like a meth meth freak is what he was doing in front of And nobody is talking about that. Nobody's talking about this guy clearly needs to be hospitalized. There is something. He should not be a representative in Congress. He's fucked up on something. Look at the video. You know, go go on Twitter. Can I share this shit? Um, uh, let me see if I can share this shit. It's a, it's a bit to do. And I wasn't planning on doing this, the sharing the video. But I think it's important for people to see. I could see, uh, let me see, Paul Kozar. Sorry about, sorry about the delay here, folks. Uh, like, not like you were rushing in. Nobody's got work today. Where are you going? Uh, uh, what happened? Maybe I got his name wrong. Maybe I'm spelling his name wrong. Um, pa, 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 pa. I am sorry for this radio silence, this dead air here. Oh, Gosar, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, Gosar. I did not know. I thought it was Kozar. Gosar. With a G. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Let me see if I can uh, find, follow. He doesn't have it on his Twitter page, obviously, because he doesn't want the world to see him fucking tweaking out. Um, maybe if I just go, 
Oh, here it is. Okay. Now I'm going to get into Give me just one more second and I'll be able to share this shit with you. How are you today? Are you having a good day? I'm waiting on spinning circles here. I'm going to have to mute this, right? Mute, 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 mute. I am muted. I muted myself. Ah, uh, well, that sucked. Anyway, I was just saying, if that were anybody else, um, we'd be talking about there's something wrong with that guy. Either he's on meth or some other really, really, uh, some drug that just makes you spaz out like that. Or he's got Parkinson's disease or something. He should not be serving in con Congress if he can't hold him himself steady. The words coming out of his mouth were crazy enough without the, um, the theatrics of his spazzing out in front of everybody. And again, if that were me, people would intervene. If I were doing that here daily, somebody would say, hey, let's go check on him. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I muted myself. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> hey, uh, it's Monday morning. I, I'm not going to make excuses. I, I'm a dope. That's that's my excuse. Uh, it's a lot to do here. Uh, I haven't taken any edibles yet. Actually, I, I thought I was out of edibles, if you want to be honest about this. Um, all right. I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> what the hell? I'm wasting time here anyway until Ruthie gets here at 10.15. At last week at the, the green space in Rocky Point, uh, they had flour. And they don't always have flour. And sometimes it's disappointing. And sometimes it, it's overpriced and not that good. He had some stuff that he said, uh, I got sativa, hybrid, and indigo. What do you want? And the stuff smelled great. And I, 
Uh, he said, the more you buy, the more, the cheaper it gets. I just bought two eighths. Uh, this was a week ago Saturday. And I have to say it was among the best weed I ever smoked in my life. And it was work, working good for me. And um, uh, that's that's been unusual. So I was really happy. And then Saturday night I had a gig and I smoked my last skinny before the gig. I'm thinking, I hope they're open on Sunday. Yesterday is Father's Day. Not thinking they, they usually open on Sunday. Not thinking they would be closed for Father's Day. I mean, Father's Day is the day you want the weed store to be open, isn't it? You want Dad to be able to? I do. Anyway, they were not open. And then I realized I didn't have any edibles either. So uh, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> uh, hopefully they'll be open today and not closed for Juneteenth. Um, but so hopefully, now this band, brand of sativa that he's got, it is the perfect the perfect uh, weed for me. It is because it, it gets you in a very, very creative. It's not a sleepy time um, high. It's a energetic, creative high. And that's what I need because, you know, it's what's been sorely lacking in my demeanor for the last six months is I have not been able to get there with all the crap that, you know, the legal weed I've been getting is like sleepy weed. Every time I'd smoke it, it'd be, I don't feel high. I feel tired. I want to sleep. It's like they're putting too much CBD in this shit and not enough THC. That's what, it, that's my, <laughs> that's my position and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, uh, so yeah. And then I, this morning I found, I, I had the wrong bag. Uh, and I have a bag full of gummies, these um, quick onset. Is that what they're called? Standard mix, rapid onset. Uh, gummies i didn't know i had last night i, I w wish i would have known i had them anyway so uh but no there's none of, that's not the reason i muted myself today i just muted my i'm sometimes your natural stupidity takes over and that's what that was anyway i apologize to the people on the radio said probably a lot of them bailed hey did the show just go off the air no it was just me muting myself like a mute head um Juneteenth. You know what Juneteenth is about? I did not know. Honestly, I did not know what it was really about. I knew it was for African Americans, and not. I can't. I can't say that that was my first guess. I thought this being um, Pride Month, I thought it was something LBGTQ related but it's uh, uh when i figured out that it was african-american i still didn't know what it was so i looked it up that's what you do when you don't know the answer you look it up juneteenth the oldest nationally celebrated com commemoration of the ending of slavery in the united states dating back to 1865 it was on june 19th that the union soldiers led by major general gordon granger landed at galveston texas with news that the war had ended and the enslaved were now free. Now that's uh, about two and a half years after Lincoln had read the Emancipation Proclamation. Man, he can't talk. Emancipation Proclamation. So they didn't get the news. They were free by Lincoln in 1863. Early in 1863. Or was it late 18? No, it was 1863, right? Um, yeah, January. I think it was on New Year's Day. 
uh, January 1863, uh, that Lincoln read the... Uh, Emancipation Proclamation. They didn't get the news. It took two and a half years for the news to get there, and it was only after the war uh, had been won. Um, so that's what the holiday is is all about. Why it's called Juneteenth uh, is a blending of the words June and nineteenth. Oh boy, we are we are uh, approaching rocket science here now, folks. Um, so that's what it's all about. So it's a celebration of the end of slavery in the United States, which is um, a good thing to celebrate. Well, why we weren't taught about it is questionable. Why I, why I am 63, almost 64 years old now, next month or two months, um, and never knew what it was about or never even heard of it before the last couple of years. I always thought the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, I understood that news traveled slow in those days, and I didn't think that most slaves were left the plantation uh, as soon as that proclamation was issued, obviously. But I thought it was only a matter of months before word got out. How how long it took two and a half years to get to Galveston, Galveston Texas. Um, that's a... Uh, not in a good way, a testament to the stubbornness and toughness of the Confederate soldiers that they were not letting that news get through, not letting the slaves know that they were free. Um, so anyway, now you know what Juneteenth is all about, and so do I. And um, I don't know. Uh, I think we need less holidays. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad one. I'm just saying we need less holidays. We need, I think we, before long, and I know people will, hey, what do you do? You take a days away from us. First of all, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Monday holidays, making everything a Monday holiday and three-day weekends. Holidays, if you're going to respect them, they should fall on the day that they were intended to fall on, the day and date. If it happens to be a Monday, that's fine. But these three-day weekends feel like they're just contrived stuff that are, um, I don't know, just intended to make three-day weekends. And then you forget. Then you never learn what the real meaning of the holiday. And we don't care what we're, what we're taking off for. All we know is we got the day off. Party! Um, yesterday... Uh, moving on from Juneteenth, I'm not. I, sometimes I should probably put a divider so people know when I'm changing subjects because I just tend to ramble from one to the other. Yesterday was Father's Day here in America. Now, I don't, not everywhere in the world, just in America. And my brother uh, told me, because uh, I called him to wish him a happy Father's Day in the morning, and he told me that Father's Day is actually 19th on the list of celebrated holidays in the United States. And Mother's Day is number one. Christmas is number two. We are, Father's Day, I say we, um, which I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> behind Flag Day, Arbor Day, and Juneteenth. Juneteenth, I believe, is 18th, and we are, uh, we, Father's Day is 19th. Kind of a weird thing. It kind of reminds me of the Cosby uh, Mencia 
the Mencia stolen from Cosby joke about the football player who dad trains and, and gets ready for uh, his career. And when he finally makes it to the end zone in the big game, he says, hi, mom. Mother's Day is number one. Really? Um, you know why that is? Because women care more about holidays, the, you know, holidays and what they mean than men do. It's just true. That's why Mother's Day is, is, is the favorite because most men don't give a shit. They don't know. All they care about is the day off. What it doesn't. <clears throat> Where's the beer? Am I being too generalistic here? Is that being misogynistic? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, my son uh, passed seven years ago and Father's Day. I wish I don't feel like a father anymore, although people still happy Father's Day. But so I put out if you're a father, have a happy day. And people on social media, mostly on Facebook, treating me like walking on eggshells, like, oh, you I've, it must be such a tough day for you. I don't know. You know my heart goes out. That's not why I'm really, truly we're wishing fathers happy day i'm still a stepfather uh i still know what it and listen i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna rob the glory of actual fathers by by that but i you know what I, I wish those people a happy father's day and no it's not really a, a particularly tough day for me the day my son died and his birthday are tough days for me and i appreciate all the sentiment but really it feels weird when people feel like they have to walk on eggshells around i don't know what to say to you do i say happy father you say whatever the fuck you want man um it's a sin and a shame when children die before their parents do but it happens it happens a lot and when it first happens you want to die you think how the hell am i going to go on how, how the hell do i go on in life now feeling this kind of pain but eventually you move on life goes on and you deal with it and you can't pick every fucking day to feel down about it and just you know and again i appreciate all the sentiment that, that people you know reaching out to me and saying i i feel so bad for you blah, blah, blah. I, I appreciate the empathy that goes with that but it's so unnecessary and it causes more uh, introspection and, and, and thought about it than it helps at all. I'm, I'm not saying, and I know all well intentions and, you know, best intentions and all that stuff. I'm not telling people don't, I'm not telling them how to act, but really you don't need any special considerations for me on Father's Day ever. Uh, you know, I've learned to accept it and move on. Life is what it was. My my son wouldn't want me just sitting there, you know, moping all the time. And whatever he would want, he didn't really have any fucking control over it anyway. The universe is going to move on whether we want it to or not. I just sound really cold about that because I'm not cold about that. It's just like no need, no need to dwell and no need to feel Oh my, for everything that happened. Oh my God, I post a picture of me with my son, and all of a sudden, everybody's, you know, trying to comfort me. Uh oh, I'm just, uh, I found a picture of it. I thought it was a cool picture I posted, and that's yesterday. Just like it could be any day. And people react like, oh, I feel so bad. Stop. 
there's a time for mourning, you know, uh, and a time to move on. Do everything. Uh, I'm not going to start singing now. That's brutal. Um, a couple more things before I take a break and, and get ready for Ruthie here. Now, I still have uh, about a little over a half hour before she gets here. Uh, weekend gig. Well, the Garden Grill, one of my favorite rooms to play. Very fun night, Saturday night. Again, high on sativa. That The good sativa that makes me, uh, gets me in my right zone for creativity and fun. Uh, when we got there, they had moved the, the the stage where the band sets up. It's not a stage, but the area where the band sets up. They moved it, changed it in the room, and changed that changed the acoustics of what we do drastically. And what did take a little bit of getting used to, but the room was packed and very enthusiastic and very supportive crowd. What's going on with this Wi-Fi here? Oh, I'm probably getting a Wi-Fi canter. Uh, RFK uh, sick that on me. Uh, the room was really enthusiastic, and it was a really, really fun night. We played a couple of songs, Encore, uh, an appreciative room. There was, and I'm not going to name who it was, uh, there was a guitar player who teaches guitar. He's known as a YouTube guy uh, who is a virtuoso guitarist who was there. And I, it was a little intimidating for me because, listen, even in my youth, that would have been intimid intimidating now. But with arthritic hands being old and stuff, you see a guy who is a hot shot, um, just stud on guitar in the audience. It can throw you off because now you think with all these people who are being really supportive in the room, they don't matter anymore. It's You're just trying to impress this one guy that you don't suck. <laughs> So that was a battle for me to say, you know, forget he's there. Just play for the other uh, 150 people that are in the room and forget he's even here. Hard to do. But I managed to get through it and, and, and do that. At the end of the night, he comes over to me and he's really, really flattering about Wow, you're really good. I, I appreciate the way you run the room. Uh, you you run, keep the music going, and you're a complete orchestra uh, within yourself and get people up and dancing with just an acoustic guitar, one acoustic guitar. And, all. and I'm like, I'm thinking this is just like um, insincere flattery. Why, you, you don't have to do this. And I, I said, you know what? I actually said to him at, at those words, I said, basically, uh, you don't have to. I know you're just trying to make me feel good, but I know, I know sitting there, you, you know, I suck. You can't not know I suck as good as you are. I've seen your work. I've seen what you do. I've seen your, how your technique is immaculate and precise and amazing. And I'm a hack. I know I'm a hack. I've always been a hack. And he was like, no, man, I can't do what you do. And, and uh, come on, stop. That's not true. He said, basically, I understand where, where you're coming from, but we, we all have different approaches to the instrument and, and how we deal with different types of rooms. And in a room like this, to become 
more than just an uh, acoustic guitarist, but a drummer and bass player as well, and get the room up dancing to just one acoustic guitar. Not everybody can do that. That, and that felt good. It felt really comforting to me to know that this guy, as good as he is, is not sitting there in judgment, not, um, not looking. To say, uh, how how let me let me watch so I can reassure myself how much better I am than this guy. Now clearly, uh, he is that much better than me. I mean, there's no. I'm not even. If I were in his league, I would be the last place team. But I'm not even in his league. I'm not even a minor league player uh, in this guy's uh, world. He is that good. He, I mean, every technique, every technique that modern shredders and uh jazz and fusion players and rock players uh bring to the table he's got all of them and he's got them all perfected that's how good he is. he's a virtuoso so there's no question but it's it for me it's comforting to know that a guy like that can be in the room and i don't have to be self-conscious about it i don't have to work for him I can continue to work the room and all the patrons that are coming there to support us. And you don't have to think about some one hot shot stud guitar player who's watching you thinking, I'm better than this guy. And he wasn't thinking that. Uh, and so I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate the flattery. But more than anything, I appreciate the license to not worry about <laughs> guitar players who are or, or any musicians who are really good at what they do and i don't need to uh worry about their judgment while i'm trying to entertain people to me that's that's freeing freeing in a big way so i appreciate that um lastly before i go to commercial i did a substack piece this uh been writing more on Substack. Very few. It's not getting much attention. Like nothing I do gets much attention. <laughs> but I wrote a piece entitled, uh, the title of it is Why Won't the GOP Impeach Joe Biden? We can't, America can't afford to have a criminal president. And I knew the title and subtitle were going to get read by when I posted on social media, when I shared it on social media, that would, was going to get read. And very few people, if any, were going to actually read the article. So the article starts off with, uh, if you're one of these people who reads headlines and think you know what the story's about, this one will make a fool of you. And then I went on to make, I state the case. Now, uh, the case is not what the headline would lead you to believe but i got 117 comments on different platforms about the article and not and then i went to the, to, to read the article analytics and one person <laughs> one person had read the article according to the substacks analytics so 117 people fell for the read the headline and comment on it like you know what it's about and you have an argument for it 
how could you argue against something when you haven't really seen the case that was made? You're arguing a case that you assume is being made within the article. Now, the article basically, I hate to ruin it for you. I'd love for you to go read it. It's only a minute read, according to Substack, a minute or less it takes to read. Even if you're a slow reader, it's a minute. A minute of your life. And I don't think it would be a waste. I gave you how it starts off that if you're one of these people who reads headlines and think you know what the article is about, that one will make a fool of you because it was not about that. First of all, the Republican Party for months now or a couple of years since Biden has been in office has come out with claims of informants, whistleblowers, evidence, and every single time they do that, when asked to show, they got nothing. They came up with two uh, supposed whistleblowers about January 6th, put them in front of Congress, let them talk, and they took one-sided testimony. Republicans got their testimony. Uh, they would not share that with the, Repo- uh, with the Democrats. And they said, well, why? Well, the whistleblowers don't want that they don't they don't want to whistleblowers don't get to set the rules in congress if one party gets the information the other party and they're deposed both parties should get that always that but it turns out these guys were not whistleblowers both of them were militia guys who were involved in january 6th uh and still weekend warriors planning you know armed insurrection against the United States, both of those guys. So they turned out to not to be whistleblowers. But every other exception, the people, they informants or whistleblowers disappeared. Well, we can't find them. We don't know. He's got missing. And the evidence last week, there was proof, video, audio tapes from Burisma people and emails from Burisma people who happen to use Gmail, not their Burisma email account that implicate Joe Biden. And uh, if that, we want, listen, I'm not protecting Joe Biden here at all. If that evidence exists, we deserve to see it. And he deserves to be impeached. If he was, if there's proof, he's taking a bribe for uh, political favor from the United States and taking $5 million for it, which is what the claim was. He deserves to be impeached and prosecuted for it. Why hasn't he been? Well, two congresswomen, the brain trust of the Republican Party, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, uh, have drawn up articles of impeachment. The party refuses to vote on them. Why? If you have proof that this guy's a criminal, why are you stalling on this? I can guarantee you if the Democrats... Uh, while Trump was in office, and we know this is true because they did. They impeached him twice. If they feel like they had evidence that the president is a a criminal, they don't hesitate. You don't hesitate. You know, if you got proof that the president of the United States is committing crimes, you impeach. You don't think about it. You You don't drag your feet. You don't not vote on the articles of impeachment. But why aren't they? That's what the court, if you're no matter Republican or Democrat, you need to call up your representative and say, if there's proof that Joe Biden 
committed crimes, impeach the motherfucker. Impeach him today. We can't have a criminal president, but you know why they're not doing it. And if you need me to tell you, you're not very bright. I'm sorry. The reason they're not impeaching him is because the evidence doesn't exist. It never has. And they've admitted. I don't know where the tapes are. I don't, nobody's heard the tapes. We haven't heard the tapes. We, Rudy Giuliani said there were tapes, and we believe Rudy because Rudy wouldn't lie about anything. And then Rudy shows an email with a Gmail header on it, not a Barisma uh, header on it, that says, well, here's your proof. No, no, it's a claim of an email that doesn't really exist. If you trace it out, that... And it's like they don't even... Either one of two things, or probably a mix of, of two things. Either they're just satisfied with putting the allegations out there, knowing that most people won't ever read past the headlines, or or in, look into it and say, if we say there's proof, Felix, half the people in the country, will, or more than half the people in the country, will just accept, oh, they have proof. We never have to show it. Either that, or they're just too blind and dumb. Uh, excuse me. Too blind and dumb to think anybody will ever question, where's your evidence? Let's see it. Um, so the, 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 it's probably a combination of both of those things, but basically you can come out and make any allegation you want and it will stick. And my 117 comments with only one person actually, actually have read the, the article is kind of proof of that. People just read the headlines and ex- assume well, that's enough. I got the headline. There's proof that Joe Joe Biden took a bribe. Well, what is the proof? And where is it? Uh, and every single one of them says, we don't know. We haven't seen it. We don't know. What is, what is it? These people, all of them, didn't say evidence. Proof. They said proof. We have proof that Joe Biden took a bribe. Bribe. Bride. <laughs> took a bribe. Well, you claim to have proof, but what you have is evidence, uh, or, or you think you have is evidence. Let's see where it goes. Let's see the evidence. Oh, we don't have any evidence, truly. We just heard there is. We Nobody has seen it. Nobody has seen it. Nobody has heard the tapes. Nobody has seen the actual paper trail. None of it. Um, uh, Ian is saying this, not me. Hunter Biden is a high... Uh, paying top board member on Chinese and Ukraine business with no little or no experience. Um, listen, pay, <laughs> pay per play. Uh, that's that. I would say this, if absolutely true, um, is evidence that uh, impropriety and nepotism are uh at play it's not it's not certainly not proof of a crime if you're gonna you know you can't say that this is proof you can say that that's evidence let's see where the paper trail leads and that's a part of it but that that was that's four year old really four year old uh talking points hired just because of his father's position buying off politicians still includes it no 
No, there's no money exchange. Nepotism happens all the time. And I'm not saying it's right, but that has been going on since 1776 or 1779. Uh, nepotism is not the same as bribery. And now, is it not cool? Yes, it's not cool. Uh, and believe me, I'm not defending Hunter Biden. I think Hunter Biden is guilty of a lot of um, state and local crimes that he could be prosecuted for and probably should be. I mean, hookers and co crack cocaine and all that stuff. But there has been no evidence of, of a crime. There is suggestive evidence of, uh, of uh, pay play nepotism and that kind of stuff, that doesn't rise to the level of crime. And um, listen, again, that has been going on for, if we're going to do that, then probably we could lock up every uh, president ever for bribery. And I'm not, I'm, again, if there is proof, well, proof, if there's strong evidence, we want to see the strong evidence. We want to see the evidence. But there is no evidence behind a four-year-old talking point that uh, Evan just brought up. Uh, if Trump's son had a high-playing Russian job, it would be in the news for you. Well, I got news for you. Trump's son-in-law was in bed with Saudi. Ivanka has been in bed with China, with China and running businesses in a Chinese a state place where uh, all industry is nationalized. Ivanka has been running businesses in China and profiting heavily of it. We did know about it. Uh, would you say the same about Epstein? What about Epstein? No, Epstein is not related. What the hell are you even talking about, Ian? Epstein was a pedophile. He uh, definitely had connections with both sides, Republicans and Democrats alike. He, uh, he but he's not. Uh, what are you saying? Would I say the same about Epstein? Epstein is not the son of a president or, or related to a president in any way, uh, except friends with both Trump, I don't know, uh, Biden, but Trump and Clinton. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, you bring up Epstein like at a left field. Yeah, I, I'm glad Epstein's dead. Don't get me wrong. Um, there is a everything about the Epstein thing smells to high heaven, whether it is connection through intelligence or blackmail, or whatever. Uh, you don't need more proof of crimes. We have plenty of proof of crimes. What are you? I don't know what you're talking about here, man. It's like, uh, are you just reciting stuff that people told you to say? <laughs> I mean, really, it, there's plenty of proof of crimes with, with Epstein. We have log jams of crime. They have the fucking pedophile uh, resort, two of them, two pedophile resorts that we know we use for that exact purpose. We have the testimony of all the people who worked for them. There are logs of uh, plane flights. We have plenty of evidence on all that stuff to say, no, it that it doesn't exist. That would be insane. I, I don't know, you know what connection you're making there. The fact is, it's like with the Biden stuff at this point. When you say you have proof, you have to know that somebody's going to say, show the proof. With the Epstein stuff, 
they showed the proof immediately. Here's here's, here's Epstein Island. Here's the ranch in New Mexico. Here's where, here's the girls who he abused and their testimony. Here here are the logs from from the flights with uh, Clinton on it 27 times. There is no shortage of evidence that Epstein is exactly what they claim he was. And again, no, there is plenty of evidence, evidence and sometimes incriminating proof on Hunter Biden's local and state crimes that he recorded himself. Uh, and that, you know, I don't that is definitely out there. I mean, this video that he has himself in, in hot tubs with, with many hookers smoking crack. And you can't prove that it's crack on a videotape, but you can certainly uh, prove that state and local crimes were committed there and he should be prosecuted for that. Now, why isn't he being, um, that, that's something to look at, look, follow that trail wherever it goes wherever that evidence leads. If his father is, is somehow protecting him in some way, uh, he should be charged for that. But until there is that, then you have no proof. And the, the proof that they have no proof is that they're not impeaching him. Again, all comes down to this. If you have a president in office, and especially if he's in the opposition party, and you have evidence, or they claim proof, that he's committed crimes, you impeach. You don't fucking just let, let it be and play it, play it as a news story. You impeach. And I implore everybody to call their congressperson and, and ask him, why aren't you impeaching Joe Biden? If you say he's a crook, impeach him already. We want to see him removed from office. If he's a crook and you have proof, show it. Let's get him out of office. There's no reason for him to still be uh, running the country if he's what you say he is. So, uh, Jackie Martin's uh, wiped the New York City tapes after his Epstein lunch. I, um, I think, uh, let's not drag Jackie into this too far. I think Jackie's lunch with Epstein was before anybody had any inkling of this stuff. So it's, and it's not like Jackie is, uh, I don't know, ahead of the curve in knowing. So, I mean, if you look at the people that were at that party. Now, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to bring Jackie back up. Jackie was uh, texting me at 11.30 last night, going back and forth. Um, but I have to, he's, his documentary is coming out on June 18th, but I'm going to have to tell him now that Carl um, has accused him of being complicit in the, the Epstein cover-up and let him defend himself. If Joe Biden is guilty, so is Jackie, um, is what Ian is saying. Uh, makes a, I think uh, if anybody is high on edibles today, I believe it's probably Ian. Because... <laughs> Uh, I mean, we've gone from way past uh, play a C major seven chord here into just like stuff that makes no sense. Biden was on on the flight log too. I have never uh, never heard that not once. Uh, and if you have evidence of that, point it to me. Uh, point 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 me to it. Let, let me see that. I know that Clinton and Trump were both on the logs a lot. Um, Biden, I would seriously doubt that. 
I would seriously doubt that. But if you have, have you know, something that shouldn't share it with me, I'd be glad to admit I'm wrong on that. Uh, I don't think I don't think Biden's on those logs at all. I know I know a lot of the names that are on those logs, uh, or the ones that have been released. And I if if I would have heard about Biden, uh, I'd be talking about it. I don't think Biden was on that list. And I'm not saying that Biden is not a kinky fuck. And probably, maybe, I don't want to say, because YouTube is listening to me. If I say probably, is that, am I sharing misinformation or accusing him of something? Uh, I know his daughter's diary um, basically implicates him as doing weird shit with his daughter in the shower. Uh, and she was uh, uncomfortable enough to write it in her diary. Now, how that diary got out to the public, I don't know. But I think it's been authenticated. I'm pretty sure it has been authenticated. And so there is that. But um, I don't. I don't think. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think there's any evidence at all at, to this point that's been made public that Joe Biden was on the Epstein stuff. Now Epstein didn't touch everybody. I mean touch. He didn't get he didn't uh get everybody. Um uh, he he sought to get incriminating stuff on. I'm sure he got a lot of people, including powerful attorneys and politicians and business people and Gates. We know Gates is on uh that list. Uh yeah, Jackie was a CIA. AW was saying Jackie was a CIA comedian operative. Uh, sure, took a lot of shit for a guy. Uh, and listen, I <laughs> if that were true, I think Howard Stern would fucking probably have uh, implicating evidence on him on all that kind of stuff. Uh, he would have been, um, he would have been locked up. Uh, as far as Ian saying, yeah, I, I was thinking Clinton. Clinton, without a doubt, Clinton, listen, Clinton was in a fucking blue dress hanging on the wall. Even, it, it, this is in the Manhattan apartment, Epstein's Manhattan apartment. Even, I think Bush too, Bush too, uh, George W. Bush was uh, in a dress on, in painting, on hanging on the wall. I'm certain of that even while they were still going to parties and people were seeing it. Uh, the Biden thing, uh, even saying Biden is a guy that's touchy with kids and likes to smell hair and all that stuff, uh, all sorts of stuff with Joe Biden. And listen, even people who like uh, Joe Biden, and I should go to commercial here, Eva Longoria giving Joe Biden a hug. And as the hug starts to pull away, Biden's hands start to get a little too close to her tits. And she grabs the hand. And if you've ever made a woman uncomfortable in your life, you know this, this body language. She grabs his hands as he's pulling away the hug. As to say, and pulls him out, outward as to say, and without saying the words, don't get too touchy, you creepy old man. No doubt whether Joe is uh, a raper, that's a whole other, that's a whole other insinuation that I'm not prepared to make and lose my channel over. 
But fair enough to say he's a creepy old man. He's a creepy old man, whether he has no self-awareness or he thinks he can get away with that. You got to know that uh, cameras are on you while you're doing that shit. You know, all that stuff. Uh, Everyone knows he's a creep. You need more evidence. Yeah, you actually do. If you're going to impeach somebody, you need proof. You need the evidence to be uh, compelling enough that there's no other reasonable inference and that somebody can make. And as far as the reasonable inference, yes, you can say he's just got no self-awareness. Now, I don't believe that to be true, but that's the case that could be made. Yes, you definitely need more evidence than just knowing, knowing that he's, he's done some creepy things. He likes to smell hair. Um, Listen, I'm not defending the guy, but I'm just saying, hey, listen, you are making the case that I'm making, though. If you believe that Joe uh, Biden is a raper or if you believe he's a criminal on any level, you really should call your congressperson today and say, why the fuck aren't you impeaching this guy? You say you have proof. Do it. Don't just talk about it. Headlines are meaningless without follow up action. And so that's where we are. We know, again, if the shoe was on the other foot, and we've we've seen the shoe on the other foot, if the Democrats, if Joe Biden was a Republican and the Democrats uh, claimed or believed they had evidence that he was a crook, they wouldn't waste a fucking second in bringing articles of impeachment uh, to the forefront, to the floor, and kind of uh, moving forward on it. We know that. We've seen them do it. Why aren't the Republicans? And if you believe, if you believe the headlines, then call your congressperson and today and say, follow up on the articles of impeachment that the two brain trusts, the two geniuses, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Barwick. I'd love to read them. It's got to be full of like legal, uh, just genius work in in, in the neither one of them ever attended law school. I think Lauren Bobert probably uh, had trouble passing her uh, general equivalency diploma. So uh, those those articles of impeachment must make a really funny read. Hopefully we'll get to read them someday. I'm going to take a quick break. Ruthie is uh, due here in about nine minutes. I'm going to play a coffee commercial, and I'll be back in one day. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise, try the true taste of aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, expertly roasted, and delivered from Hawaii to your door with aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality, and their awards prove it. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Oh, yeah. 
MindDogTV.com slash coffee. Get cold coffee. Cold coffee is uh, my favorite coffee in the whole wide world. You know, I'm just looking. Uh, in the last, I get more bot followers. I don't know if they're really bots or just people with no friends. Uh, in the last two days, I probably got 20 new followers on Twitter who have less than 20 followers of their own and they have pictures and it's almost always like a chick in a very revealing <laughs> um outfit and they they and I'm like where are you finding me and why are you following me because you don't look like I mean obviously they, I, they're probably either wanting a follow back or you know the minute I follow back to DM me uh, you know you want to see my fans only pictures or something like that but i think i get more of those than anybody i don't know i don't know that for a fact but it sure feels like like why am i getting so many of these um just bot seeming people and they could be actual people you know when they have absolutely no followers it's probably almost definitely a bot um anyway Uh, Ian says, I lost six followers over the past two days without posting anything. Were they humans or were they bots? Uh, do bots ever, yeah, I think bots, if you don't play along with the bots in some way, if you don't engage with them, I do think they just debot themselves, <laughs> defollow or whatever, unfollow, whatever it is you call that. Uh, just weird, man. Like, and I thought Musk was gonna clean up the bots that this was the claim made it, it doesn't seem and i'm no fucking programming genius to be to be very clear about that but it doesn't seem like it would be a big programming job to put up some kind of anti-bot uh mechanism i had if you're going to ask me what that is and what it looks like and how you, how you enforce that, I don't know. I'll be clear about that. I haven't put a whole lot of thought to it. But it doesn't seem like it would be like, it's not curing cancer. Um, so while I'm on Twitter, I might as well address the fucking ridiculousness that uh, happened over the weekend with Rogan coming out from behind the curtain and um, engaging, because most of the time, Rogan has the people posting about his show. You don't really ever see him engaging with uh, people who comment on him. And Saturday on the gig, um, like somewhere in the middle of the gig, I just was looking at my phone. And I looked at Twitter, and I saw Rogan taking on uh, Dr. Peter Hotez, about the vaccine stuff. Oh, this is interesting. Rogan has got got incentivized now to come out uh, and actually be himself on his own profile and not promoting anything, looking, well, promoting in a sense, but looking to get this guy on to debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not a scientist. He's not, he's somebody who quotes a lot of studies, uh, uh, most of them older studies, 
um, that have, for the most part, been debunked. I mean, you can look at, you can make your own conclusions and draw your own conclusions about all this stuff. But he is definitely a conspirator, a conspiracy theorist uh, in a big way. He's one that's got Wi-Fi, gives you cancer, according to him, uh, cell towers, uh, dis distort your mitochondria, your DNA, and change your DNA. All the things that Patricia Corey was saying that got me uh, a channel strike for a week, uh, got me banned for a week, and channel strike lasts actually three months. All those things she said on my podcast, he was saying on Rogan, and YouTube didn't do anything about it. But he's not a scientist. And in no way, uh, on the same level as a pediatrician virologist who actually studies this stuff and has all his information uh, on and studies and data, not prepared for that. Now, he has people that will prepare him for a debate. Now, my initial reaction was with, I don't understand why this guy doesn't debate RFK Jr. He's an easy beat. For somebody like Destiny, who was a uh, live streamer, he could destroy Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And he did, basically, online in a long thread, just tore apart all of his uh, nonsense. But there are lots of people, a real truther, the at real, at real underscore truther guy who was a debater, master debater, <laughs> uh, are far more prepared and ready to take on somebody like that. But I was like, why the fuck is this Peter, Dr. Peter Hotez uh, afraid to debate RFK Jr.? And then... Because I'm not the brightest bulb on on the uh, tree of lights here, uh, it definitely started to sink into me that this guy just does not want to legitimize conspiracy conspiracy theories. And let's people are saying it's wrong to call anti-vaxxers conspiracy theories. Maybe if anti-vax was their only uh, position on this stuff, but it's not. It's that everything is a big conspiracy from the cell towers uh, to what he said. Well, one of RFK's claims is that the government, the United States government, is putting chemicals in the water supply to make people transgender. Now, I don't know what that chemical might be, nor, and nor does he ever make any claims to what that chemical might be. But what's the incentive there? Uh, why does the government want everybody trans? Uh, and how long has that been going on? And uh, where's your evidence for that? Now, Jordan, P Jordan Peterson picked up on it, and uh, he's down with it as far as the same conspiracy theorists. Nobody's offering any, any proof. But why? Now, just think about it for a second. Most, uh, I shouldn't say most, a good portion of, um, of the American populace doesn't drink tap water anymore. They drink bottled water that's coming from corporations. Uh, are all those filled with the same ingredients that are, the same magical chemicals that RFK Jr. and Jordan Peterson and the like are claiming that are going to make us all trans people? And why isn't it working on on all of us? It only works on a very small segment of the population. Like trans people haven't been 
part of <laughs> part of the fabric of America forever. It makes no sense. Like all these chemicals they're putting in water to make us all trans are only working on a very small percentage of the population. Well, maybe, maybe they're just the chemists need to rework this stuff and make it a little stronger because it's not working on me. It's just bizarre. Uh, anyway, my guest is here now, and I'm going to bring her in. Ruthie Ferrara is one of the funniest uh, young ladies working in New York right now. She's a mother and a entrepreneur and a candlestick maker. No, not a candlestick maker. Uh, she's an entrepreneur in uh, uh, scented candles, and she loves celebrity. And uh, I have a lot to talk to her about, uh, including uh, some stuff that Jackie told me to ask her about. She's here now, ladies and gentlemen. Please uh, open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome Ruthie Ferrara to Coffee with the Dog Show. Ruthie, welcome. Hi there. Hi there, Matt. Hi, everybody. How are you? Okay. Hope all everyone's well, and happy Juneteenth, and happy belated Father's Day. You know, well, thank you. Thank you for saying happy Father's Day, because I, I have a situation where I have uh, our son, my son passed seven years ago, and people dance or walk on eggshells around me to say happy Father's Day. It's like, you know what? I, I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I'm over the mourning period. We can just be, because <laughs> the more you walk on eggshells, it just feels really weird. And of course, you didn't know that, but thank you for just learning that out. Now, but you June, came from a father. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm still a stepfather, and I'm still a father. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but Juneteenth, well, I was talking about this because, first of all, it, most of us never even heard of it until the last couple of years. And now, even though we've heard about it and people are getting off for it, nobody has really looked in, into the history and what it means. And I was reading it this morning, and it was a revelation to me that it took two two and a half years for uh -huh. news of the slaves are free to get to the south and uh, and that's a, a very questionable thing like how how could that how could that be <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that <laughs> well you know why some companies uh well a lot of companies they keep boasting that they 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 celebrate and they take pride into diversity and inclusion well, by adding Juneteenth, is also showing them that they take pride and they respect the holiday. And they also want you to do your research. You don't know what Juneteenth is? Do your research and find out and embrace the holiday. Learn what is it about. You know, it was, it's been around for the longest. I mean, I'm not African-American. I am Latina. But I knew about that, you know, many years ago. It's just that it was never brought about many, many years ago. And a lot of people are learning about that today. Right. But with now a lot of companies, you know, glorifying diversity and inclusion, that's part of, you know, like here, here's a holiday, uh, learn about it. And, and they're embracing it for you to embrace it as well for people out there to learn and know what it's about and where it came from. Nobody's gonna do their own research. So you say you say that, and I I I agree that we should. And I did here and and shared it with the people, and and basically read all the history behind it. Uh, but I have evidence. I put out an article uh, last week. It was kind of a, on my Substack, which was a teaser. It had a really provocative headline. Got yeah. 117 comments on it. And I said I, I went and I looked at the article stats, and only one person had actually read 
<laughs> read the yeah. article. So people comment on stuff without knowing about it. People do. We're really lazy. All we want to know is the headlines. And I don't think anybody uh, anybody is going to look into what Juneteenth is all about. All I know is it's an African American holiday, and that's all people will will know about it. So. And you know, it's part of history. It's a, it's it, you know about freeing the slaves. You know, the Emancipation Freedom Day. You know. Yeah. And uh, it's like we're in Pride Month as well. There, You'd be surprised, too, how many people don't know about Pride and don't know about what happened, like, you know, 50 years ago here in New York City, where, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of policemen, they just came in and barged into a, a bar restaurant and just started swinging away at, 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 you know, at homosexual people celebrating Pride. I mean... There's a lot of history and pride and pride as well, you yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now let's let's uh, steer the conversation to you. You uh, were born to be an entertainer, yes. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I sure hope so. You know. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, you you were also a mother and got involved in raising family. Is this why? Uh, I see you everywhere in the New York area, uh, but you're not necessarily a road comic. You don't take. No, not yet. Not yet. I'm still, I have my full-time job. So uh, that's my priority right now. And I will not leave my full-time job until I see an extra comma in the, uh, within comedy and entertainment. So yeah, I've been, I've been always involved in entertainment and a lot of people don't know this many years ago, like about 30 years ago, I actually, I used to work with Howard Stern in the radio station. I've always been involved, even in elementary school, always been involved in school plays and entertainment, comedy and, um, and I've always, you know, I've always left it in my pocket or left it in the back burner. And now that my kids are older, I have a son in college. I'm like, hey, let me get back into this. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I did. Right. Uh, Jackie Martling is a friend and he's, he's a regular on this program. And yeah. when he heard you were going to be on the show, he said, uh, um, in he's the 90s, K-Rock, uh, Ruth told me a joke. Please ask her, what's the difference between a white cow and a black cow? Yeah, it's uh, the 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 white cow says moo. The black cow says moo out the way. <laughs> I can't believe he remembered that from almost thirty years ago. God bless his mind. I tell you, he's still sharp. It's unbelievable. And, and he remembers every show business related type of uh, thing uh that ever happened in his life it's like incredible he's With great him. he's he's still at it he's still out he's he gets on the stage and everything we reunited not too long ago i think it was this year early in maybe february and march we reunited at governors after like 28 years all right, Governors is uh, we're on the Governors podcast and radio network right now. So, oh, okay, uh, they, yeah, we, I'm I'm their morning guy. For <laughs> there you go. Uh, we, we reunited in uh, at the brokerage. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to be at that show, but then a gig came up, and I, I was not uh, able to be at that show. Um, so now, how did you get? from being you know a administrator uh, in an administrative position at a radio station uh what was your uh, introduction into stand-up comedy did you go open mic or uh believe it or not it's funny because i've always wanted to do i've always written like topical jokes always like maybe wanted to work for uh writing for late night television 
And I, I, I used to work, uh, this was like maybe four years ago that I started all of this. I worked right across the street from Caroline's, Caroline's Comedy Club, which yeah. rest in peace now. Um, and, 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 and I say, you know what, let me poke around and, and find out if they have any writing courses or any, like, I, I don't know, but I learned that they were teaching comedy at the time. And I said, Oh, you know what, let me try it. And I had tried it and it turned out it was a, a class to do stand-up comedy. And after that you graduate after the six or seven weeks, you graduate, you perform in front of the stage. And I actually went through the, the the course and everything, all the classes, and I, I put a five minute set together. And on the day of the graduation, it was a packed crowd at Caroline's, and I did my set. And holy cow! <laughs> wow, that was a great experience, unreal. That I told my family, I want to keep doing this moving forward, whether you like it or not. Did and they like it? Were they supportive? Uh, yeah, there, you know, it, it's funny that today, not like four years later, I don't know if they're, they're still supportive only because, um, they get tired or, you know, when you perform comedy, you gotta do, you gotta repeat some of your stuff. They're tired of hearing all my jokes and I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, I understand that too, because, uh, uh, I play, we often have sub uh, players come in with our band. If one guy can't make it, we'll get a sub bass player. And one of the bass players we know is a, uh, he's a guy with a joke book. But yeah. uh, but every time he comes to play with us, he tells us the same jokes yeah. that we've yeah. heard before. It's hard to be polite and say, and sit there and, and just laugh at it and not stop them and say, you told me this one already. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jackie yeah. always does this. Stop me if I told you this one before. And yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a way. <laughs> and, you know, all the greats, uh, Chappelle, Rock, Wanda Sykes, even the ones that we uh, lost, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Joan Rivers, they, they all repeated. Everywhere they traveled, whether you were in New York City, after New York City, Philadelphia, Chicago, they they say their same sets in, in different cities, you know? Right. You have to. I mean, you. no one could, like, out of nowhere, just come up with constant new jokes. It's not That's not possible. And also, the the uh, even if you're writing, it still takes time to perfect the delivery and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. You know, all, all that stuff. Exactly. Um, you mentioned Caroline's. I think I, I had heard somebody was buying, a, I don't know, some a former place and reopening Caroline's. I hope. I hope that happened. But you play, uh, you perform. I say I, when I say play because I'm a musician. I always sure, say play. Sure. Uh, every major room uh, in in the New York area, right? And, and as that is that work, just getting all those opportunities for yourself. Is that a full time job in itself? Getting all those opportunities to play those premier rooms. Oh, most definitely. And uh, where I've gotten, and I'm sure other comics have gotten lucky, where after you perform, whether at Gotham, uh, Caroline's at the time, The Stand, Broadway Comedy Club, when you get done, you know, you hang around afterwards and, and you want to meet the people, the, the audience, there's people who come up to you, hey, I have a birthday, I have a new show, I have something, something. And they want you to perform, and that ends up being a, a a paying gig. Right, that happens a lot. To you know, and so 
you know, is a great opportunity. And remember, comedy clubs, whoever are looking for comedians, that's where they go to look for comics. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like you're looking for a doctor, you go to a hospital, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but networking is such a big part uh, of you know, and I know you last week uh, there was something on, on your uh, page about Janine Garofalo. And I, when you mentioned the stand, and I think uh, she's there a lot. It, yeah. It, so uh, those connections that you make in, in networking uh, from from these places, people you perform with lead to new uh, new opportunities as well. Right. So the question sure. I have for you, sure. do, do you go back to your Rolodex of people who came through the door when you were at K-Rock? Because there had to be a billion uh, people who could probably help you with your career and and create new opportunities for you that you had to have met from your time at K Rock, no? Yeah, um, it's well, my time at K Rock it was so long ago, and it's funny. Everybody there that I knew, all the young cats, um, they all, we all were fun and single, and now we, you know we're all married with kids, with teenagers. Where it's different, where even if I invite them to clubs or places, they can't go. They won't be able to go. They have their kids. They have their life already. They have their full time job as well, and and of course I would definitely help them, and I'm sure they will meet. But I haven't reached that opportunity of you know, haven't been helped or get a boost from people that I used to work with in the past. Everything is brand new. You got to remember, I've worked at K-Rock Radio and there was no such thing as email. Right. There was no such thing as direct pay. Everything was a, a actual uh, hand-given paycheck. Um, there was no internet, none of that. Everything was word of mouth, word of mouth, where today, I mean, you got to work tirelessly to, to promote all your gigs and and, you know, that's what makes it tough. And, and everything is internet, uh, social media that oh, even I myself get tired of promoting myself. It gets, you know, you you promote so much and no one shows up, you know. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, that but is, you'd be, you'd be surprised. Good. One or two do pop up. Yeah. I mean, I, I had one of those last week where I was doing a live stream for uh, music people and I advertised for it and I put it. I, I, bought advertising to it and basically two people showed up and it was like wow oh. <laughs> that's a real disappointment no uh, it, it, it happens you know it is, yeah. what it is everybody has a life and you know me and you we're not teenagers we're not in our 20s anymore yeah yeah and, and uh when you are young uh you, you have a wide circle of friends and they will come to see you but they're not going to keep coming to see you you can't no you uh, can i've had luck where I mean, I've had people that they're on maybe their third or fourth show seeing me at different places. But again, that, you know, I still don't have like followers. Right. I mean, there are, but they don't. I'm not in like Wanda Sykes level, you know. Or... Right. Well, that's what I kind of wanted to address with you, because a lot of the, the audience I have is uh, creative and a lot of comedians who are. Uh, looking to get to the next level. Some of them are at open mic level. Some of the people are like other people you mentioned in your bio stars and stuff from the Bronx, Robert Klein. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah, have I Paul Provenza in there, but you got to put Paul because Paul, Paul's a name that everybody knows. He's from the Bronx. But uh-huh. even if they don't know, even if they don't know his comedy, they know the name. Everybody, it's like one of those names that 
stick with Well, you know what? I'll throw him in my uh, website. I could have yeah. been as a Bronx-born uh, comic. Yeah. So, but uh, in New York, developing a following because I feel like a lot of the clubs in New York, when, mm-hmm. when for comedy clubs, are tourists. They're not lo- local people, so they're not people who you can depend on to come see you again next week at a, or or even six months from now at a, uh, another club because they'll be out of town. They're just there for those two days. Yeah. Is that a challenge in building your your following and your your fan base? It is. And you know what? Because I haven't gotten like it's not like I've been on American Idol or I've been on the late night where locals in New York City know who you are and would want to see you in person. Right. Well, I'm not there yet. But, yeah, I understand that 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 challenge in New York City, like let's say a club like um, uh, Broadway Comedy Club, that's not that's near uh, Times Square. They get a lot of uh, tourists. And yeah. yeah, they get a few locals that pop here and there. And you know who's good at getting locals? Not so much tourists all the time because they're far out on the east side. The comic strip. Oh, yeah. Comic strip because that's been a staple like for, uh, for a long, long time. Um, who knows? 40, 50 years maybe. Um, they're the local people, the nearbys, all those people who live in that Upper East Side. A lot of them still stop by there, right? And so, geographically, now I uh, I know you get uh, uh, into the uh, metropolitan area. Do you do Jersey a lot, Uncle Vinny's, or any of those? Uh, I haven't done Uncle Vinny's, but I, I've done actually last week. I've done, but this was a um, a corporate gig. Uh, I've done Jersey. I've done a lot of Jersey places. I've done Connecticut. So the how, how do you determine how far you will go? Will you? Uh, I'm thinking because this summer we're opening a new club out in Southampton, Long Island. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> sticks and stones. Would yeah. you go out there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go uh, out there. I went. Uh, this when was in March? I went to uh, Maryland. I go as far as DC. Wow. If the opportunity is right, I'd go to Florida. I have a lot of family in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Florida is a, a very happening place for the country. Yeah. Miami, Tampa, yeah. Orlando, especially Orlando. A lot of New Yorkers are over there. Right. Uh, do you have anything coming up that you want to let people know about before we go on to? Because uh, I want to talk about your candle business a little bit. Uh, sure. Uh, tomorrow, I have a cool. Hold on a second. It is a cool. Uh, comedy and this is is a funny over 50 these are excellent gals funny gals over 50 we're gonna perform tomorrow at the popular caveat is c-a-v-e-a-t caveat in uh new york city manhattan is a 7 p.m show right after work and uh, there's going to be some funny, talented guy, uh, gals, a, a female only, over 50. You're going to hear the real deal. You're going to hear the bold truth of what we go through. You, you may hear menopause jokes. You're going to hear spanking. <laughs> you're going to hear all the good grandma stuff. But, I mean, real talented. I mean, you're going to hear stuff coming out of their mouth that you'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think we... Women, out, you know, 50 and over. Yeah, and even putting the AIDS thing aside, I think women are killing it in comedy right now. We're seeing more funny ladies than ever. Oh, but yeah. It's still not breaking through the um, uh, the glass ceiling as far as being equal for respect and pay 
and, and, and that's got to be really frustrating. I mean, I I'm, I don't want to make a, a, a war of the sexes here and all that stuff, but no. it's got to, if you're in something, because I could tell you this, in the music world, I can see a thousand women who are just virtuoso, just killing it on their instrument. Yeah. And then when you ask people to name their, their favorite guitar players or the best guitar players in the world, you'll get 10 men. <laughs> Every single time. Like, none of these women who are beating the hell out of this instrument and, and, and killing it even deserve any mention in those lines. It, it's, I hate to sound like a, a, a feminist activist here, but it, it bothers me that you see great talent and yeah. if you listen, and people won't admit it. Yeah. They they know you're a great talent with a guitarist, pianist, whatever. And but they're familiar with the most popular ones and they won't admit how talented you are. Right. And, and he, I'm sorry, speaking of women, you know what happens to me a lot, unfortunately? Like I would be I could be killing on stage. There will be guys just sitting there. They won't even even bother to look at the stage. They won't even bother to see where the laughs are coming from. Wow. Yeah. I've had guys literally just turn their chair around on me. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not gonna listen to you. But wow. meanwhile, while they have their their backs turned, they're they're hearing the whole crowd laughing their asses off. And they won't even bother to glance like, oh, my God, like, where's this laugh coming from? They, right. I, I'm telling you, it's, it's it's crazy. And it's not just because I'm a female. It's also because of, you know, the color of the skin. Also, we right. I'm st we're still going through that. Yeah. It, it's well, disgusting. it's terrible. But I, I'm telling you the bold truth. No, I, I understand that. But uh, as somebody who is trying to be self-aware about you know prejudices and things like this if i see a black guy i almost always assume that he's going to be really funny i mean i because i think of Richard yeah. Pye, i think of eddie murphy i think of yeah. chris rock and but i think nope yeah <laughs> yeah um uh, so all that but we are i think we're all uh subject to those kind of biases sometimes and, and yeah. it's a shame that we are but i think the key is to be being aware of it within yourself and trying to address it and try to try to become a better person about that oh but, of course and also uh don't let it bother you or just ignore it try i i try i'm you know i'm trying i don't I, who knows maybe they turned their backs on me because i remind them of their ex-girlfriend or it could be <laughs> You know, it may not be of, of what I mentioned, you know, but um, you could sense it. You, But yeah. again, no one knows. Now, uh, being a mother, are, are your kids still at home or are they off to school? I mean, you still got, uh, you still. Uh... I have, uh, my son is home from college. He's done with his, uh, he's going to enter his sophomore year this September. And my daughter, she'll be finishing school this week in high school. Wow. So we're almost um, empty nesters. Yeah, because uh, somebody uh, I was talking to last week, uh, he was uh, a musician in his 50s. And he said, as soon as my kids are, are done with school, I'm going to hit the road. And, and go, he, yeah. he had been living, limiting himself to New Jersey and the New oh, York wow. area. And he's like, as soon as the kids are uh, out, I'm going to I'm going to go and do the road thing. So I was just wondering about that. Yeah. Now, now your candle business, it's, it's interesting because it's a celebrity, uh -huh. celebrity sense. Is that the name of it? Celebrity? Absolutely. I have both your, your, I'm going to put them both in there, but tell celebrity me a little bit about your, uh, uh, oh, that's Ruthie Ferreira.com is your yeah. comedy and celebrity sense. 
<laughs> you got it. Yes, yeah, celebrations. It's like a twist on celebrities where, believe it or not, I have created, again, this is like part of comedy. I've created a lot of candle scents that mimic uh, like some celebrities, but it has the scent. Like I have a candle that is called um, Bread Pit and it smells like bread. <laughs> I have a candle that is called James Brownie. It smells like brownie. I have uh, I have so many you know different can Ra uh, uh, Bobby Dinero. It smells like money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a suggestion if you're open to it. I don't know Go if ahead. you might already have this. A Cheech and Chong one that smells like weed. <laughs> I have a weed candle, but it's called Feel All Right. <laughs> yeah, I really do feel all right. And uh, I also have, uh, let's see, uh, a lot of interesting ones. Uh, uh, John Lemon. It smells like <laughs> lemon. You know what? Let me show one now. Hold one second. All right. Sure. <laughs> anyway, and the, the cans look um, eh, kind of like a canister you would get from Smartfart. <laughs> My okay. own. Look, this is a. Can you see this one? Hold on one second. Uh, yeah, sure. Let me let, hold on. Wait one second while I do this. Yeah, there you go. There oh. you go. Can you see? Yeah. Mac uh, s'mores. It wow. smells like s'mores. And look, now, at the, look at the inside. It's, uh, yeah, I can see it. It's got like the, yeah, the chips marshmallow, in it. the yeah. graham crackers. And it smells like s'mores. Now you you can't be producing those yourself, right? Yes, yes. How, yes. In, I make in, the wax. I have the scents. And look, this is to you. Cheers. Here's another candle, Merlot. I have a lot of wine scented candles, Merlot. Wow. So for that, well, let's just take that one for instance. Now, how do you get the the scent of Merlot into the candle? You got to actually pour wine into. <laughs> That's a good question. You know, there are scented oils, and these are natural uh, oils that have the scent of, of whatever you wish, whether uh, Zinfandel, uh, tobacco. I have a for Father's Day that did very well. I have Cubans and cognac candle. And I also have a lot of, like right now we're celebrating the the uh zodiac sign gemini we're in the gemini season oh let me see that. i have what's your sign by the way matt i am a virgo believe it or I not i have but a virgo candle every every, every woman every before zodiac. my wife every woman i was ever involved with before my wife was a gemini though that's oh weird. wow isn't that you weird see? yeah <laughs> and this, this gemini smells all my zodiac candles they have the scent of the uh of what represents the zodiac sign so like, how would you do virgo virgin <laughs> virgo is it smells light and airy look hold on let me show you hold on, see if I have it. <laughs> it smells like a virgin to me <laughs> virgo sold out i have to make some more but it's, it's it's light blue like the water you know the water bearer that's virgo yeah it's light blue and it smells, it's friendly. Virgos are friendly people. I'm kind of proud of the fact that Virgos sold out. <laughs> people like to smell Virgos. <laughs> and like right now, I have a lot of Gemini because we're in Gemini season. And I also, 
I also did a lot of uh, Cancer because Cancer is coming soon, and then after Cancer is Leo. That's kind of weird. I, I want I want to stock up on Cancer. Oh my God, that's a weird thing to say. Uh- <laughs> yeah. And, uh- uh- yeah, the candles, the zodiac candles, it mimics, it represents the, 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 the zodiac traits. Like, again, you know, Virgos are friendly. It is the water bearer. It is light blue. It's, it, it represents what, what the, the char- characteristics of the zodiac sign. Just curious now, how, uh, how long has, have you been in business with the Celebrisense candles? Celebrisense, I've been with it like a good... Uh, Maybe like nine, ten years. It's so done you, well. you predate uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. yeah, I think she's still selling. I don't know this for a fact, but I would. Uh, uh, but probably uh, is because the uh, the minute I heard about it, I thought, well, maybe she got that idea from Gwyneth Paltrow selling her vagina candle. Oh no, no, no! I, I've been having this for a while, and it's been doing very well. It does. It sells on Amazon and on Etsy. It does very, very well. Oh, and I have a great. Uh, this does very well in uh, anybody who's having weddings in Las Vegas, like Elvis Presley style. The candle is called Blue Suede Shoes. <laughs> and it smells like blue suede shoes. <laughs> and people stock up and they hand them out in their weddings in Las Vegas. Interesting. It's it's kind of um, probably a challenge to kind of portray that stuff on, on We Have to Say Goodbye to Gus Now and Get Prepared for the next show. But um, uh, kind of hard to portray what the actual scent is online as opposed to be, uh, being in the shop. It, do you have a, a physical shop where people can do, uh, come by and actually sample them? Uh, what I do sometimes, I go out with, to some festivals. There are festivals out there that you can put, you know, like let's say the Atlantic Antic in Brooklyn. I, I didn't go out there, but let's say a festival like that big. I come out with my tent bring my table out. I There was uh, two years in a row I was at the Pride Parade and I had my tent out there, my uh, table, and, and people sample them and they buy them. And they, you know, I create awareness and I give out pamphlets and everything, you know? So yeah. uh, it does very, very well. I uh, Here we go, Celebrity oh, yeah. Sense. Let me, let me uh, zoom in here. There you go. Very nice. Yeah, so- and- Basically, we celebrate people, places, and lifestyles through aromatherapy. Very cool. Uh, aromatherapy is, uh, uh, I haven't heard that word in a long time. Is it a, um, is it a real therapy or is, it, is that just a word they throw on there? Is, is, uh, is it a health thing? You know how laughter is healing, believe it or not? Aromatherapy is healing where there are some certain scents that trigger a good memory and makes you feel good. Like yeah. lavender, lavender soothes you. Like if you go to get a massage at a professional spa, they like candles. They like aromatherapy. They put maybe lavender or a nice orangey scent. I like can relate to that because it soothes you. Yeah, certain smells will trigger, and you don't even realize it. I mean, naturally in the world, you walk into uh, a something, uh, a, a smell that is recognizable. It will take you back to certain yeah. memories. It may take you back to an ex-girlfriend you had in Brooklyn or in the Bronx or in, in Long Island, like a person <laughs> she had, or 
you know, either it, it could trigger something like, oh, I hate this girl, or it could trigger some nice, warm feelings of a mother or something. You know, you'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like a, a used car, a new car smell, that kind of Yeah, way. there you yeah. go. I have a new car smell. It's called Pink Cadillac. Wow. And when you open it, you open it, it smells like a new car. Very cool stuff. Uh, well, I wish you a lot of success with that. Um, and and you have the one show that you, you're plugging. Are you coming to Long Island anytime in in the near future? Hopefully uh, in maybe September because uh, I have to finish out my shows that I have through July. And then in August, I'm on vacation. And then in September, that's when I'll start kicking up some stuff. But right, right now... Govs, if you're listening, Govs, Brokerage, McGuire's, all, all three of those governor's affiliate clubs, get Ruthie out here so I don't have to travel to New York City. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, You know what? I love the stand. The stand is one of my favorite rooms, but it, for me, room. it's just such a such a commute Aww. to get in there. Uh, last week, with, and I'll let you go in just one, but last week, the Janine Garofalo thing in Brooklyn. Were you part of that show? Uh, yes, I was part of that show. It was, uh, but you know how sometimes, uh, sadly she didn't show up. Things happen, oh. you know, but they had, we had a lot of great comics and this was in Brooklyn at Eastville. Very nice, intimate club as well. Brooklyn is killing it as far as comedy clubs. And you don't even know they're really there. I mean, unless you, it's been advertised and you're going there for comedy, you could walk right past it and not yep. know you you're walking past a, an incredible show. A lot I've of I've had people that are from Brooklyn that they live like a couple of blocks away. They did not know that Eastville was there. And, and I, they, I dragged them out of there and they there's they like, so oh, many of those. It's so surprising. Yeah. I can't, you know, again, because New York, there's so many things all over the place. And even me growing up, there used to be like a black door. And you thought it was a garage or something. No, that is a big disco inside. Like, right, yeah. Wow, a big department store. That's New York for you. Yeah, I remember being in the meatpacking district. And uh, we were there for a film uh, premiere. It was weird. In, in a, a restaurant in the film packing. But across... The, the way there was an actual place where they used to slaughter animals and there was a big Hollywood thing going yeah. on over there. And I was like, what the Oh, hell? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so right now, the meatpacking district, oh, my God. I mean, to get a loft there or now it's a, it became a big corporate deal. There's nothing but high-end, you know, department stores, high-end, you know, uh, how do you call it, um, celebrity a whole bunch of Boutiques fancy restaurants, yeah. you know, a lot of fancy stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And it, it's just a weird uh, atmosphere. Designer outlets, designer stores there, like, wow. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Well, I do wish you really uh, continued success and uh, we'll be following your career. Thank I will come to you. see you at every opportunity I get. Uh, uh, and uh, if you have anything to promote, you don't have to necessarily come back on the show. You can just let me know about it and oh, I will wow. share it with it with everybody. And, and, and Excellent, sure. Matt. Moza, thank you very much. I appreciate the time and effort, everything. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And, and Likewise. We, we look for big things from you. So bye Excellent. for now. Bye. Thank you so much, Matt. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Ruthie Ferreira, folks. Follow her uh, now at CelebraSense.com. Uh, I don't know why I have that long Etsy thing in there. It's just CelebraSense.com. And uh, RuthieFerreira.com is her comedy uh, website. That's, they're both in the uh, description. You just click on them, 
and uh, go right there. I'm going to take a brief uh, break for a, a commercial, and I'll be back to wrap things up quickly in just one minute. You want to learn how to play guitar? True Fire is the best place to learn how to play guitar online. You don't even have to leave your home, and you can learn from some of the best in the business. True Fire, check it out. Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire's style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations, and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one -on -one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. Sign up free for an all-access trial today. Yeah, two fire. Uh, and you don't have to be intimidated by uh, great guitarists when they're watching you play. That's what I learned this weekend. Uh, anyway, Ruti Ferrara, uh, good stuff. Uh, if you have the opportunity, you're in the New York area, please go check her out. Uh, if you're in the Florida area, maybe uh, she'll be down there at some point, as she said. But uh, really funny lady and um, good to see her. Um, well, you know, coming to her own in, in the comedy world here, playing all the best rooms in New York. Uh, Jackie's texting me now. You're too late, man. Come on. You should have come on and said hello to her yourself. <laughs> Jackie's documentary will be out July 18th streaming. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, now he's sharing pictures of it. Uh, I'm not sure what networks it's going to be on, but I think it's going to be on most of the big ones. Not Netflix. Oh, my goodness. Jackie sent me a picture of his garden. Uh, okay. Now I'm now I'm excited. Um, anyway, uh, it will be on June, July 18th. Did I say June 18th? Uh, June 18th is yesterday. <laughs> uh, uh, one month from yesterday, uh, the documentary will be out. A lot of great stories in there. A lot of uh, classic memories of uh, people. I'm not sure the Epstein stuff is going to be in there. I'm going to tell uh, Jackie that you guys. Uh, Accused him of being uh, an Epstein pal just because he got in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, he didn't get in a hot tub. He was at a dinner party with Woody Allen and Bill Cosby and Jeffrey Epstein and every other uh, person who's been uh, accused of. Um, can I show the pic of, of you want to show them? I can show the pic of Jackie Gordon. Yes, I can do that for you. Uh, let me see how I do that, though. I go to present because uh, I'm on a different browser here. And give me a minute to figure this out. Select a window, a screen, theme yard, entire screen, Jackie Martin, right? Uh, no, I don't want that. Now, hold on. I'm not going to show you all of that because I, oh, yeah, I could do that. Allow. Is that it? Oh, no, you don't see it. See? No, I don't want to show that. Let's get that out of there. I don't want to show all that. Um, remove. How do I just show the actual? See? Now, this is going to bother me. Present. Share screen. Select window. And I don't see the entire screen. If I do this. Allow and do this. How about that? Now you can see it, right? That's Jackie's garden. Coming along. It's not as high as it would be um, this time of year normally. I think you got a late start on it, but uh, don't go there. And, and you don't know where he lives anyway. Uh, I see plants at the bottom. Yeah, uh, hopefully you saw the whole thing there. I don't know if I shared that right. This new Firefox is not not the... Uh, right browser for this, but I on this particular machine, Chrome was giving me uh, a major problem. I think New York State. Ian says that's a lot of plants. I think New York State, you were only supposed to uh, grow six for personal use, but maybe you could say six are for him, six are for his wife, six are for um, me because I live in his guest house. Um, I don't know. I hope I didn't get Jackie in trouble there. The police are showing up right now. Hey, wait a minute. Nobody gives a fuck about weed anymore. Uh, Anyway, that was uh, the show today. Tomorrow, Doc Peterson, uh, Jeremy Peterson, Doc Peterson, uh, Nebraska's own uh, one-finger Doc, ready ready for your colonoscopy exam. That was his finger. He's going to just probe up or up there with the with the glove on the finger. Doc, uh, the doctor is in, and he will see you now. Drop your drawers and bend over. He will be with me in our one and Sherry Jacobus, who has uh, she's a um, former GOP strategist. I want to say she's a uh, podcast podcaster. Excuse me, podcaster and a uh, blogger now but still a uh political strategist uh her life was uh completely destroyed by donald trump and his minions starting back in 2015 when she dared to be somewhat critical of him as a gop a republican uh strategist she said a few things that were critical of trump and they took it upon themselves to actually destroy her career, get her fired. Um, and she's going to share that story with us. And we're going to talk about the basic state of politics with her. Well, I know politics is a major turnoff, but I promise you, she has an interesting uh, insight of it. She's not at all a leftist or a Democrat, but completely a uh, anti-Trump Republican. 
and I think it, it's a uh, it's, it's a perspective that needs a, a voice because we don't get a lot of voices. You either get Democrats who hate Trump or Republicans that love Trump, and you don't hear from Republicans who have been against Donald Trump from the beginning and the uh, price they had to pay for that. And I think that will be an interesting conversation. So I hope you'll join me then and uh, be part of the discussion uh, and behave yourself. Don't be calling anybody uh, uh, out for being on Epstein Island unless you know they actually were on Epstein Island. Uh, that's a show for today. Don't forget to turn on your radio. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Juneteenth myself. Uh, have a great day. Bye for now.
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 